0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. So right now, though, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this story. You might have seen it, it was on the front page of some of today's papers. In fact, Greenpeace ranks Dublin the worst for public transport in Europe. This is uh, apparently a survey of uh, cities all across Europe, and they looked at uh, issues about availability, um, about frequency, about cost and about how easy it is to use public transport and about how easy it is to buy tickets on public transport and tickets that are transferable uh, across different systems of public transport. So there was a huge uh, different um, array of categories that they looked at and across them all Dublin came out uh, paddy last. Anyway, we want to talk uh, less about the detail of that survey and more about just how we improve it. You know that old adage that tomorrow is more important than yesterday. Well, Paddy Coman is with me, the Head of Communications at AA Ireland. So Paddy, simple measures that we can implement to improve the public transport picture in this country and move up the rankings the next time Greenpeace uh, carry out this survey. What can we do?
1: Well, I, it's funny. We did a survey here in, a couple of days ago on Twitter ourselves,
0: uh,
1: not knowing this result this uh, story was coming out. But it was, it was a poll that asked people what is the most important factor for you concerning public transport. Um, now Twitter only allows you four choices. But the number one was reliability at forty four point four percent, followed by frequency, then uh, accessibility, and then the last was cost. So cost was was the final choice in this. And it's funny, we, we had a few weeks ago at last, um, we called upon a free public transport trial. Now, I understand the word trial. We, we didn't suggest that public transport should necessarily be free, but it was something that, you know, obviously got, us, got a bit of headlines and got a bit of discussion and debate. But when you look at other countries where it's free, cost doesn't necessarily seem to be uh, the biggest factor. Uh, you know, Luxembourg is a prime example where it's been free for a while. And it shows that it hasn't actually reduced private car use, which you would assume is one of the one of the aims.
0: Yeah, and and I think there was similar results in that experiment that was carried out kind of famously in Germany where they brought in that nine euro rail ticket, for example. There there was a huge increase in the number of people using it, but they were not replacing car journeys. They were just doing extra journeys. They were going out for kind of weekend jaunts out into the country on their rail ticket, but they were still driving in the car to work uh, Monday to Friday, which again would suggest that, you know, cost isn't maybe the barrier that some people suggest. So, uh, what are the things then that we could do? I mean, frequency... Uh, um, that that's a question of, of 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 improving the fleet, isn't it, and increasing the number of vehicles in the fleet. Absolutely, I mean it's accessory. Really. You know, when we're in, in Dublin and we're talking about uh,
1: public transport, there's other listeners around the country who are rolling their eyes listening to us because you know you know there's literally nothing available for them. So I think there's a there's a huge body of work to get public transport across the country, especially in rural areas, uh, up to the standards that it should be. In Dublin, people do have options, and do have choices, and that was part of what we were calling for in terms of, of a trial, was that it leads to get people who haven't given public transport a go to give it a go. You know, we can see, especially in Dublin City, the, the, the traffic, and, and, you know, there's, a, there's a definitely a concerted effort uh, to remove cars from Dublin city centre, and, you know, we would have no major issue with that. But it's, it's uh, you know, we're not going to see traffic get better. So people really do need to start uh, giving it a go. People will always need their cars, you know, for, certainly for the next foreseeable future, for bringing their kids to Gaelic training and, and rugby training and all, all sorts of other sports to, at the weekend and for shopping and the like. But mm. certainly people can look at other modes of transport here if it's there. And, and for so many people, there just aren't the options.
0: All right, create those options for people. Accessibility, uh, one of the ways we can move up uh, the rankings. Lorna Bogue is with us as well uh, on Rourke to Gloss, a uh, Cork counsellor. Lorna, what do you think we could do?
2: Um, well, thanks for having me on, um, Kieran. um There's lots of things I could do, and I actually find myself agreeing quite a bit with the um, other contributors. So reliability is actually the important thing. Um, and I suppose in terms of delivering a reliable public transport service, um, it's best actually that that is provided um, through um, public ownership um, of public transport. Um, I suppose the the issue that I have at the moment um, with uh, using public transport is one of reliability, but generally the issue of reliability comes into play um, when um, I'm trying to use uh, public transport services that are actually private companies. Because um, when a when a when a public bus is late, for example, like I, I sort of expect it to be late. But when a when a private bus doesn't show up, like they just don't show up, um, and there's no recourse for me um, as someone who's using the the service. So um, I, I think I think reliability is key, and I think it is um, about providing that service publicly um I know the other contributor um you know uh, was, was talking about people will always need to use their cars etc cetera, etc cetera. but um I suppose being a cork city councilor and um, there in the in cork city center um, there are statistics that basically say that um in some parts up to 79 percent 67 percent of um, of uh, households don't actually own a car um, and that that spreads across the city centre um, to basically be an average about fifty percent of households in Cork city centre don't own a car, don't have access to a car. Um, so I, I suppose um, you know I, I know that the, the the Greenpeace survey was specifically looking at ticketing, um, but at the end of the day, it's actually about the service itself, um, and um, it's supposed to be there for people. Um, who just quite simply don't have access to, to cars, which in cities is a lot of people.
0: So, so I mean, w- when you talk about that uh, public-private picture, I- I- is your argument then that, that the, the state or that local authorities need to expand into those areas where at the moment there's only private provision?
2: Oh, well, I- Absolutely. But I mean, like, even in the time that I have been um, using public transport, um, you know, since moving out of home and um, being an adult and moving to Cork City, because um, I'm originally from Limerick. Um, so in terms of um, getting to Limerick, um, even in the last few years, I've found it much more difficult um, to get um, between Cork, Cork City and Limerick City. Um, or if I'm trying to get from Cork City to Dublin City for work related things um like that that's that's difficult um to do um and that's that's basically unless i'm using a train i'm kind of relying on private companies um, to actually provide um transport i mean it used to be possible to go from limerick city to galway city um using um a publicly owned bus and that is not possible anymore um, so, particularly when you're looking at um, intercity transport, um, that has actually gotten worse over the last few years um, because um, all of those routes have been privatised.
0: Sunil Sharp is with us as well, spokesperson uh, for uh, Take Back the Night. Sunil, what do you think we could do to to move up the Public Transport League tables?
3: Well, I mean, there's a, a number of things, but I suppose the top uh, top priority for us now would be to bring in a reliable twenty four hour transport system. If we're to talk about, you know, Dublin is where it's needed the most, but it's not to say that we don't need it in other cities and other parts of the country as well. But in Dublin, what we tend to see is a focus on Nightlink services on Friday and Saturday. But there's there's only there's only three services. You know, that that comes at midnight, two a.m. and four a.m. You know, twenty four hour can actually start we know there's standalone 24 hour routes but let's put those aside for a moment because they only serve certain parts of the city but we could we could move in the direction of 24 hours by having an hourly service from midnight through to 6am and then till when the the normal services resume. And that's what we need to do on the weekends, on Friday and Saturday night, and then stretch that out to to Thursdays and Sundays as well, because we need to include them in the weekend also. It's very, very hard to sell nightlife and the nighttime industry and what's on offer in in the city uh, to Dubliners, you know, and we need to give venues uh, and nightlife in general a a chance. It's really, really tough out there, you know, for for obvious reasons. People don't have as much uh, money in their pocket. Uh, It's very hard for, for, like I mean, there's many venues that are struggling at the moment. So and then that's before you get to to workers as well. You know, there's many workers that, that actually wait in their workplace until the first um bus or train is available. So, listen, we don't expect it to be all solved overnight and I think we've had this discussion before, you know, we're realistic and, you know, some good work is happening but not enough and mm. it definitely we need to have regularity to those services and, and a 24-hour, for me and for our group, an acceptable 24-hour service would be hourly throughout the night. And then let's just let's build on that. Yeah. You know, we, we need people to, to, to feel safe, to feel that there's a reliable uh, service out there. And that's before obviously we get to Lewis. I mean Lewis could go an extra couple of hours as well, which would which would look after a lot of the, the pub goers and those going to late bars as well. And we have to get ready as well for our for our licensing reform when there's gonna be more people out at night. So we need to start doing it sooner rather than later, you know.
0: And is the is the appetite there already for, for an hourly service or, or or will it come when the licensing laws change? I mean, will those buses well, we, be used, do you think?
3: We hope it will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's obviously not all just nighttime goers. I mean, even just some of the, the routes that have been rolled out, that have been quite strategic, like out to swords. A lot of that is for um, airport workers and for people who need to make their way to the airports as well. But, you know, I think that, I think there would be what tends to happen as well. There's a bit of a rush. Come you know a certain time you know obviously if 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 they're, if they're leaving at two o'clock you're going to have people leaving venues earlier. We see it in nightclubs and, and nightclubs can open till half two or three o'clock. You see people leaving before two o'clock because they want to get that bus the last bus home quite often they're packed. And people, of course, then have to start looking for taxis. And, you know, we discussed it on your show before, taxis are often scapegoats for the general shortage of public transport when really we should be kind of looking at, at buses primarily and, what, and what's on offer at night. And, and, and just lastly as well, bank holidays, you know, bank holiday Sundays, which should be big nights out in town or uh, right across the country, they're yeah. treated just like normal Sundays, you know. There's never any new arrangements uh, or alternative arrangements made on a par with a Friday or Saturday night And we have to also look at the times that that, that buses start on on Sunday mornings, which is quite late. So this is why I think we need to have an hourly service. This, you know, every two hours system doesn't work. And and quite often, you know, if you're at the first bus stop, you'll be lucky to get on in some cases. You know, if you're at the second one, you don't stand a chance, you know, in many cases. So, So we need we need more routes. We, Absolutely.
0: We need to do three things, says one of our listeners. Build a metro, build a metro, and build a metro. So support there, I think it's fair to say, for building a metro. Uh, Sunil Sharp, thank you very much for joining us. Spokesperson for Take Back Night, Lorna Bogue as well, and Rower the Gloss, at Cork Councillor, and Paddy Cumman, who is the head of communications at AA Ireland. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Coddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.